We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready? Down! Hut, 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 hut. This is the Bear Report Podcast. With Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. Welcome in, Bears fans, to another edition of the Bear Report podcast. My name is Zach Pearson. I'm one of your hosts. Aaron Lemming is my is the other host, and he's joining me here on the Bear Report podcast to break down everything about the Chicago Bears' first preseason game, as well as the latest training camp practices and what is a, a quote-unquote ongoing quarterback battle. Not really. But, yeah, Aaron, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. It's football, in a sense, is kind of back, and it was it was nice. It was, it was weirdly nice to – to watch, uh, you know, the, the first preseason game and, you know, and get back from vacation and kind of getting in the swing. I think it's crazy to think like, we're really, I mean, we're less than a month away from week one. I mean, and that's, that's about all you can ask for at this point. Yeah. So, you know, you and I kind of had similar weeks in terms of baking out in the heat, uh, under the sun, I was getting sunburn, um, at practice and you know, you, you had the better end of the deal. You were getting sunburn on vacation um and uh, and I'm, I'm sure you had a good time but it's glad to have you back um on the podcast to talk a little bears here um yeah we're gonna break down everything from justin fields first start or not first start i'm sorry um first action the preseason to the training camp battle uh what the next steps are for justin fields and andy dalton because matt nagy's kind of said some interesting things but the plan seems to be in place for andy dalton to still start I think the best way to do this, Aaron, is let's get kind of get into the preseason game. And, and obviously the biggest storyline, you know, was the offense, was Justin Fields. Um, Andy Dalton got two early series in this game against the uh, Dolphins starters, and the Bears did nothing. I think they had like 10 net yards on two drives, no first downs. Um, there was a penalty in there as well. Didn't move the football. Nothing was working for them. Um, and then when Justin Fields came in, you know, kind of more of the same, nothing really working, uh, a couple penalties, you know, they, they kind of got backed up into a third and 18. And then all of a sudden, right before halftime, 45 seconds on the clock, something kind of clicks for fields and he leads them on a drive um, that ends in a Cairo Santos 53 yard field goal to get them on the board. But from there, it was pretty much all of Justin Fields. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, to kind of add on to your point 
there with the offense. They didn't have a first down until that last series of the half when they got the ball with what was it like just under a minute left in the, in, in the half. I mean, it was, it was really bad offensive football and it, it was one of those things where, you know, live, I kind of, I was able to watch majority of the first quarter and then about half the second quarter. And then I had to get on my flight and I was able to watch the second half and obviously have rewatched it since, but you know, it's kind of like we're talking about, you know, before the podcast started. And again, it's not a direct comparison because I do think Andy Dalton's better than Mike Glennon, but the, charade of Andy Dalton being in there for the two series and the offense going nowhere and just seeing the limitations of a veteran, you know, it just kind of has it here we go again feeling with just, and again, I'm, you know, I, I've been mentally in the corner of Justin Fields will start at some point this season. I'm going to be patient. And I think we still have to take that approach, but I, I do think that having one watched fields obviously the first series wasn't terrible I mean there were some penalties there there was some stuff that kind of set him back the next two series were not great at all and then he gets into that two-minute offense and things get going and then he got on a roll and but I, I think the big thing with fields that I saw was you know he was going through his progressions consistently and it wasn't just like he was going through his progressions in the pocket he was going through his progressions on the move and that's kind of one thing you know that we saw from Trubisky early on and to well really I mean almost his entire time until he kind of got that that last uh, injury that he had and he decided to kind of you know cool it down a little bit but with Trubisky what we saw a lot of in the preseason in the beginning of the season with him in 2017 was once he was on the move he was taken off with the ball and we saw multiple times with Justin Fields where not only did he go through his progressions he got flushed out of the pocket and instead of tucking it and taking off running he tuck it he would he would tuck it and then he would you know basically fake the run and he would let his receiver get open and you know again i i think mentally overall you know when you compare and i don't know how much you have or anybody else has watched the you know the four other rookie quarterbacks in this class in the first round where, yeah, Trey Lance had that really, really, really big-time throw, uh, the 80-yard throw, and it was really impressive. But, I mean, he finished the game with five completions. I think he was either 5-for-12 or 5-for-14, and there were there were some drops by his receivers, um, but there were also some pretty bad throws on his part. And I think for the most part, you can kind of go through, and the same thing like Mac Jones was more conservative throws. Zach Wilson had a pretty, you know, had a pretty good showing overall. Trevor Lawrence was pretty good as well. But I think what we're seeing, and that's not to say, you know, Justin Fields is head and shoulders above everybody else. My point being is Justin Fields was the fourth quarterback taken in this draft. A lot of teams either overthought it with not taking him or they decided that they wanted to take other quarterbacks. You know, Trevor Lawrence, okay, the, you know, the guy's regarded as generational talent, probably the best quarterback prospect since either Peyton Manning or Andrew Luck, depending on how you look at it. But then you have Zach Wilson, who is a, you know, a high riser, and then you had Trey Lance, who, you know, basically started and played one game in 2020. He was essentially a one-year starter. And then you had a guy like Justin Fields and Mac Jones. So you start comparing, you start looking, and you think conventional wisdom would say Trevor Lawrence, you know, Zach Wilson, and then, uh, you know, Trey Lance have to be further along mentally than what Justin Fields is. And I think what we saw – um, this weekend is that Justin Fields is just as far along, if not a little farther than some of these guys. And I think that really kind of speaks volumes about, you know, the Bears evaluation of Justin Fields and just what people who knew him 
uh, were saying and just the overall evaluation of him as a quarterback and not overthinking it like a lot of guys have, you know, a lot of teams have over the last few years with some of these quarterbacks. And I think that, again, it's still really early. It's one preseason game, but I think that there was a lot to like. There was obviously some negatives, and I'm sure we'll get into that, but I think there were a lot of positives to override. And I think the big thing is, and this is kind of something that we talked about going into training camp, going into the preseason is, it doesn't really matter what Andy Dalton does. If Andy Dalton is great, then cool. And if Andy Dalton sucks and, you know, oh, well, the, the overall focus has to be on Justin Fields right now and how he's doing. And, you know, we went through a checklist. I wrote an article of the different things to kind of look for. And at least to me, especially being his first, you know, NFL game, even if it's the preseason, I think he checked a lot of those boxes right out of the gate. And if, if practice reports, and obviously you've been there, have taught us anything, it's that Justin Fields is going to continue to build on these performances and, you know, basically just stacking good days upon good days. And there's going to be a lot of consistency building up with a trajectory. And I think that's what we can expect. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, and watching Justin Fields on Saturday, you know, it, it's hard not to get excited. And I understand, you know, people that are saying, oh, pump the brakes. We don't know what he is yet. He was going up against Dolphins, second and third stringers, whatever. We deserve to kind of be excited as Bears fans for a new quarterback. And when I've watched him, his athleticism really stands out. I mean, there was a couple of plays, um, you know, in his series that he had against the Dolphins that were kind of just like, wow. I mean, he had a, a couple of throws on the run um, that were fantastic, accurate, and they just seemed all natural for him. And then he had the long, uh, the, the run where he scrambled. I think he hit like 22 miles per hour per the next gen stats, which was fantastic. Didn't look like anyone was going to catch him. And then he kind of followed up with another touchdown run as well. Um, yeah. I just think, you know, he's a very athletic quarterback. He's confident. He can do the things that, we kind of all thought Mitch Trubisky could do. Mitch Trubisky's solid, you know, pretty good, you know, athletic wise. He, he can make things happen, but Justin Fields just looks two to three times better in that area. And I think, you know, in his debut, you can kind of cherry pick things good and bad, but you couldn't have really asked for much more. No one really was expecting him to come out and, you know, complete, you know, 10 of 11 passes for 200 yards and light it up. That just wasn't going to happen. He wasn't going to play the entire second half. He should have played the entire second half in my eyes because I don't see any reason why Nick Foles should get any reps at all um, in a game 
in the preseason or regular season. That's just me, and I'm sure a lot of people agree with it. But I think with Justin Fields, you have excitement. You have a quarterback who, you know, the game is going – it doesn't look like the stage is going to be too big for him. And a player who, you know, flashed his potential, you know, not only with his legs but with his arm, everything he did, it just kind of, you know, made it seem easy. Even his incompletions, the ball was on the money. The the first or second incompletion he had to Rodney Adams, the ball's on the money. It's just a hell of a play by the defensive back to get his hand – there for the for the um deflection so i don't think that the you know obviously the debut could have gone a lot better you know not not a lot better but could have gone better i mean it could happen with everyone but i don't think it was a bad debut at all and now moving forward like you said he's got to stick together or he's got to stick with these practices building on good practices um playing well in practice and kind of making this thing a quarterback competition because Right now, the Bears can say those words. I don't think it is. I think they're really going to stick with Andy Dalton. Um, that's their plan. But I'd like to see Justin Fields get more reps with those ones. You know, he had one rep on Tuesday with the ones in scrimmages. He had zero reps on Monday with the ones in scrimmages. I think when Matt Nagy said that, I think he was talking more of Saturday's game. We'll see him in with the offensive line. We'll see him in maybe a couple snaps with Allen Robinson or Darnell Mooney. But Justin Fields has to make this a competition, and that's the only chance he's got to essentially start week one, and I think it's still an uphill battle for him to climb. Yeah, well, it's one of those things where I think we're especially, and Matt Nagy's kind of talked about this as well, you know, with the shortened preseason, yes, camp has basically been the same, you know, the same length, but with the preseason being shortened down a game, you lose that buffer of the fourth game where if you're in a true quarterback competition, you're able to kind of spread that out throughout those four games. And obviously, you know, with Trubisky and Glennon thing, we didn't really get to see that either, but we've seen it play out um, in different scenarios over the last few years where, you know, you use those, basically use those the first three games to really figure things out. And then you kind of settle things out in the fourth game and the bears don't have that this year. And it really, what I think it comes down to is I think the bears obviously have their own plan. And I think they're going to stick to that plan, whatever, you know, whatever that may be. Um, I think in some ways that's kind of a cop out because, you know, obviously things are going to change, but at the same time, I, I do think that as a whole, they're just kind of, you know, you're kind of running out of time for something to happen because for most teams, they're going to treat this coming preseason game this Saturday the bears play the bills the, this second game as the dress rehearsal. And a lot of, you know, and I, and I know Matt Nagy's kind of already said that, you know, some bear starters and it'll be, you know, situational, but some bear starters will play a little bit in game three, but for most teams, you know, that have their rosters more figured out week three is going to be a lot like week one, or it's going to be a lot like week four of the preseason last year, where you're just not going to see, you're going to basically, again, you don't have that extra game to evaluate the bottom end of your roster. And yes, cut downs to 85 happen today, cut downs to 80 will have to happen by next week. But going into that fourth, uh, that third preseason game, they're still going to have 80 guys on the roster with 53 spots available and obviously up to 16 practice squad spots available as well. So there's still going to be a decent amount of evaluation to happen on the back end of the roster. But again, I just don't think in terms of timeline right now, I just, I feel like if this was a true competition and they would have been splitting reps coming into training camp, they would have been splitting reps. You know, they would have the, the first team out with fields in some way in the first game. And then obviously this game coming up and whatever else. And as we're seeing things trend, 
he's not really getting any first team snaps yet. And obviously that could happen in the game situation, but yeah, I just think overall, I think really what, what we're looking at here is, you know, Andy Dalton's going to start the year now, again, as we've seen, things can change very quickly. I mean, the majority of, you know, first round quarterbacks for the most part, Patrick Mahomes is the outlier in this situation most guys will have started by halfway through the season and they'll usually have the job won by that point. So again, I mean, it's probably going to be a little bit of a waiting game, but I do agree. I, I don't, I don't see a very clear path for Justin Fields to be able to make, you know, to be able to start week one. And I just, I don't think that the bears are going to let that happen. No, I think they're just so comfortable with Andy Dalton starting for whatever reason that they're just going to go with that, that plan moving forward here. I don't see, you know, it, it wouldn't hurt to let Justin Fields go out there and get more reps with the ones. When Matt Nagy said, you know, we're going to increase his reps a little bit, you know, I think a lot of people were expecting it to be in practice. That really hasn't been the case. But for me, I mean, it just – what wrong can go on if you increase his reps, not only in practice or with the first team? I mean, give him the chance to prove himself. And if he's not ready to be the starter, that's fine. You have Andy Dalton who you're comfortable with. The, you know, if he does prove them wrong and lights it up in practices and lights it up in the games, then let him be the starter week one. I just, I don't know. I, I have a hard time feeling like this is actually like a fair, legit quarterback competition because it's just, you can't have a quarterback competition with one quarterback essentially getting all the reps with the twos and the other quarterback getting all the reps with the ones. It, it's, it's just not. kind of, it's it, not well, it's, it's not it's not a competition it's just not it's not an open competition this is Andy Dalton's job and he'll lose it at some point soon yeah and you know that's gonna be the regular season I just I I wish they would give Fields a legit chance to go out and win this job because I feel like he's, he's got no legit chance to do it they want to stick to their plan and you know that's kind of what we have to live with because Matt Nagy is going to do you know not only what's best for him but what's best for Ryan Pace um, because, you know, they could be entering a big contract year here, and this could be it for them. I don't know how safe they are. Um, my only thing is, is, I'm guessing that's what is holding them back. They want to go with someone who's going to win them games early on, although I do think Fields could do that for you as well. Um, we should probably get the defensive side of the football, though, Aaron, because I, I think, you know, outside of Justin Fields, one of the biggest storylines in the preseason and throughout training camp has been this defense and you know they have yet to have their starting unit out there for a practice in training camp all together they've had injuries all over the place but they're starting to get healthy and you know right now they, they got Eddie Jackson back Sean Gibson's back Jalen Johnson's out there Kendall Wilder looks like he's going to be your starter on the outside um, your defensive line is, is relatively healthy now that Eddie Goldman is back outside of you know the Akeem Hicks thing today which we have no idea what was going on Tuesday um, but you're, you're kind of missing your, your two guys in the middle with Roquan Smith and Danny Trevathan. Even with that, man, I came away so impressed with this defense in the first game. I mean, it was guys, Angelo Blackson, Mario Edwards, um, you know, Alec Ogletree, Christian Jones was making plays. Um, Trevor Gibson was out there making plays. You know, you, you had guys like, um, you know, Trey Roberson, Xavier Crawford, you know, uh, DeAndre Houston Carson at interception. I think this defense is going to return to not, you know, 2018 form dominant, but I think they could play at a top 10 level. And I think the good news for the bears is they look deep on their first and second teams um, on the defense. Well, it's, it's going to be interesting. Cause I think at least for me, 
the biggest question is going to be corner, right? Because not only are you trying to figure out who's going to be the second starting boundary corner, whether it's, you know, Desmond Trufant or Kendall, Kendall Vildor, but you also got to figure out who's going to be, you know, the starting nickel, whether that's Duke Shelley, whether that's Thomas Graham, whether that may be, you know, Marky Christian. I don't know. I mean, those are the kind of questions, because like you pointed out, I mean, if you look at the, you know, the defensive line depth that they have, I mean, they are legitimately six deep right now. I mean, you've got obviously Akeem Hicks, Eddie Goldman's back. Uh, and then, you know, Bilal Nichols, who I'm still, that's going to be kind of something that's going to be interesting to watch over the next few weeks, if they can get something done with him in terms of a contract extension. But then you have Mario Edwards Jr. You have Angelo Blackson, who actually looked pretty good. And then you have Kairos Tonga, you know, so it's like you have all that depth on the defensive line. Then you move it over to, you know, outside linebacker, edge rusher, whatever you want to call it. Cleo Mack, Robert Quinn, God only knows what they're going to get from him this year. But then you have Jeremiah Tauchu. Uh, you also have Travis Gibson, another guy that flashed for me quite a bit um was also uh charles snowden where i, I think you know he, he's kind of at a disadvantage just because he's really tall i almost kind of wonder if maybe they try to make a similar adjustment with him that they did to roy robertson harris a few years ago obviously different defensive staff different coaching staff as a whole for the most part um but i, I think he's somebody that you know he keeps showing out the way that he is i mean he was a projected mid-round pick and obviously fell because of medicals and you know the broken ankle and stuff that he had but he's somebody that you almost have to think is going to end up finding his way in the 53 man roster just for, for for protection. And then obviously inside linebacker is another one, right? I mean, you're talking about your front seven as a whole. I mean, inside linebacker, you have Danny Trevathan and obviously Roquan Smith, but then behind him, all of a sudden you're not worried about the depth because you have Christian Jones, who's absolutely going to make the roster. They make this late signing in Alec Ogletree and yeah, he had that one, I mean, that one, you know, the, the he gave up the the reception, I think it was Mike Gusecki yeah, over the middle. But he rebounded well. Yeah, exactly. But he rebounded well. He made, he made a, you know, a multitude of plays. And I think the big thing to kind of keep in mind here is that Smith and Trevathan weren't playing that game. And who are the two starting linebackers that started that game? It was Christian Jones yep. and it was Alec Ogletree. The same exact thing happened last year uh during their playoff game where you know Roquan Smith wasn't there and who started the game they they pulled up Manti Teo from the practice squad to start a game over Iggy and over uh over Josh Woods so again Josh Woods is hurt Iggy was out there Iggy didn't look very good Iggy's not a good player I, I you know I, I don't really know how he was a fourth round pick the dude's just not good they clearly don't trust him but I think what we're seeing here is, and Caleb Johnson actually didn't look too bad either. I, the only thing that was throwing me off with him is, you know, wearing, what was a 99 or whatever. It's like, I don't, I hate that for a linebacker. I don't know why it throws me off. I keep thinking it's like a defensive lineman out there, but they have quality depth. I mean, even at safety, like you pointed out, DeAndre Houston Carson, Deion Bush, Marquis Christian's another guy that can either slot in at the nickel. He can slot in at safety. Uh, you know, they have some, they have some good depth. But again, I, I think the biggest question for this defense is going to be at the corner position. And you kind of have to wonder, I mean, obviously you have to hope that Vildor wins the job because I don't think Desmond Trufant winning the job does you much of anything. I mean, he's already on the wrong side of 30. He can't stay healthy, but you want to see whether it's in the nickel or whether it's at the, you know, the boundary corner, uh, you know, opposite Jalen Johnson, you want to see somebody take control this year, win the job and actually play at a quality level, because that's, going to help them out a lot moving forward in terms of you know just overall starting quality because at some point they're going to have to stop sinking resources into the defense but yeah I think 
as a whole, you know, I, I think when you're looking at the team, at least on paper, um, I think there's, they're a lot better suited in terms of depth, which is good. Um, and I think just as a whole, I mean, they still got a lot of good talent. I think corner is going to be the biggest question. And then obviously within the game itself, within the preseason game itself, they got to get, they just, they have to do a better job of getting off the field on third down. I mean, that was an issue once again, again, it's just a preseason game, but I think overall, again, my big focus right now is on the corner position and, you know, can Kendall Vildor step up and win that job? And then who, you know, what's going to go on at nickel. There's just, to me, it still feels like there was a missed opportunity with somebody like Bashad Breland or, you know, Steven Nelson or any of these guys where you could have gone out and you could have got somebody a little bit more solid um, that, you know, and, and I get that they're probably trying to figure out what they've got because you're going to need cheap options at some point. But I do think that that could end up being the Achilles heel for the Bears, especially defensively. And I think that's really going to kind of dictate how this defensive unit plays as a whole, because you can be as stacked as you want in the front seven, but if you don't have corners who can cover or enough corners that can cover, then it's still going to be an issue. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. You know, you mentioned it. Desmond Trufant hasn't been able to stay healthy. Um, you know, he's battling an injury right now as well. So Kendall Vilder has had an opportunity. And looking at this defensive battle, you know, throughout training camp, some kind of interesting things have been, you know, I've noticed is Duke Shelley's pretty much got a, a hold on the slot spot for now um, in terms of starting. I think he's going to be your starter at that nickel um, cornerback spot, but he's also been working on the outside too, you know, with the second and third teams as well, kind of getting those extra reps in. And then a guy like Marquis Christian, um, you know, who kind of can play anywhere. I mean, he's kind of like that hybrid defensive back, you know, he can play safety, he can play nickel, he can play on the outside. He's also been playing in the nickel as well, getting some reps there um, and actually had a, had a, had a couple of days of good practice out there with a couple um, interceptions. So, you look at that and, and, you know, you hope builder because they are banking on builder being that being a steal in the fifth round from last year's draft, you hope builder wins the job. And not only that, but plays consistent enough that you can feel comfortable. You don't have to go back to someone like Desmond Trufant. Um, you know, if he is struggling with his play, because right now, I mean, Jalen Johnson looks like he's ready to take that next step. He's just got to work on getting, you know, his hands up and, and getting those interceptions. And then you look at the secondary Behind them, you have Tayshawn Gibson, you have Eddie Jackson, um, you know, some consistency back there. And the depth is just, there's a lot of guys in the mix for a couple different spots, but they seem to have kind of found their core, you know, with um, Gibson, with Jackson, with Vilder and Shelley and uh, Jalen Johnson and Trufant. And then you got guys like Xavier Crawford, who are about Artie Burns, players like that. Um, who are essentially battling for roster spots and will, you know, have to show something on special teams. But yeah, I, I like where they're at kind of defensively. I do think that the secondary is particularly a defensive back is going to be the biggest question mark because we talked about it before. I mean, they're pretty much banking on career revivals from some of these guys 
or some of these younger guys to kind of take that next step. But the depth overall has really stood out to me so far in training camp. And, you know, history has shown us the Bears are going to need someone to step in at inside linebacker at some point this season. Danger Rathen and Roquan Smith have not been able to stay healthy over the last couple of years. And we've seen how that can impact this team. One year, they had the luxury of good depth with Nick Wachowski um, and Kevin Pierre-Lewis. And then last year they didn't, you know, like you said, they, they had to sign Manti Teo and, and play him against the saints because they weren't comfortable with Iggy or Josh Woods. Now I think they're kind of back to that comfortable stage. And I really like what I've seen from Alec Ogletree and Christian Jones so far. Um, you know, offensively though, Aaron, was there anything that stood out to you? Cause I, I do think there was one thing for me that stood out, um, I want to give you a chance if there's anything that you thought was a standout in the preseason game. Well, I thought it was kind of interesting. And again, I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the guys that are playing on the offensive line going in the second half for probably That's the one I was going to say, yeah, it's just like yep. no sacks. <laughs> what the hell was that? But that's what I was going to say, <laughs> you know, it, there are a few other spots. I thought Rodney Adams for the most part played pretty well. Um, it's having know, a good two, camp too. Yeah, and that's, I, well, and this kind of leads into my next point because, you know, and I'm trying not to be too negative here with these two, but dude, Javon Wims and Riley Ridley, what the hell? What, what, I mean, what, especially Javon Wims, what is going on, man? Like, it seems like he progressively gets worse as his NFL career goes on. I mean, you're talking about a dude that, okay, yes, he only had the one target. Still, I don't really understand what the hell he was doing on that one target, but he had the false start. He's just not a good player, you know, and the same thing with Riley Ridley. It's like Riley Ridley had the one catch for 17 yards, next play, false start. So, you know, negatively, those are the kind of two that stood out to me. I think the other positive, uh, I, I was actually pretty pretty decently impressed with, uh, now I'm going to draw a blank on his name, the running back that they just drafted. Uh, Khalil Herbert. Khalil Herbert. Khalil Herbert is going to be, and I think he is, his spot's kind of locked up anyway, just because I think he's going to play a pretty big role on special teams in terms of being a returner. Um, but he was somebody that I thought was pretty impressive. I know a lot of people want to say Artavis Pierce, but Artavis Pierce had, what was it, four rushes for 50 yards, and one of those rushes were for 51 yards. So you kind of do the math on that, and, you know, you kind of get the rest. And But, yeah, I think, uh, you know, the, the offensive line was a pleasant surprise overall, but I do think that there was – enough kind of flashing because I think what you're kind of looking at right now between at least this is my personal opinion. I think your first four or five are probably pretty locked up in terms of receiver, obviously Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney, uh, Demir bird, Marquise Goodwin. And then I think Daz Newsom's also probably a lock at this point, just cause you don't really, especially with the, you know, shortage of draft picks that they're going to have or that they had this last year. And then this next year, you're going to want to keep as many of these draft picks as possible. So I think you pretty much have five slots, you know, kind of, you know, locked up there. And then that sixth slot, you have Riley Ridley and Javon Wims, who have both been very disappointing. And then you have, you know, again, you have Rodney Adams, you have Chris Lacey, John Vea Johnson. Those are three guys where if they can bring something in terms of special teams, I think they make more sense at this point. You get some fresh blood in there. And just frankly, I mean, you got more speed and, you know, especially with Justin Fields kind of hooking up with all these guys because he's been the second team quarterback and they've been kind of the second team receivers. It may make more sense to keep somebody like that versus somebody that's a known commodity that just isn't any good. Yeah. And, and you know, the wide receiver position is very interesting because, you know, they have released a couple of guys over the past couple of days here. Um, and I think it's starting to kind of shape you know, shape up a little bit, but you're right, man. I just, I don't understand 
because it's not like Javon Williams and Riley Ridley have really had strong camps either. Um, you know, Ridley's put together a day or two where he's been pretty good, but then he's just very inconsistent with drops um, and just kind of can't find that work, you know, full time with the first team. He's been spending a lot of it on the second team with Justin Fields and he'll flash. I mean, he'll make some, some good contested catches and then he'll drop some passes that, you know, maybe not wide open, but balls he should have caught. And with Javon Williams, it's like the same thing's kind of bothering him. It's just been drops, drops, drops. Now, I will say that both of them have had roles as gunners in um, training camp working with the punt team. And my best guess is that's going to be their last resort, and that's going to be their saving grace for whatever reason is special teams to keep them on this roster. I just I, – I don't, I don't get – you know what they're kind of doing. Maybe they're going to give them another shot until these cutdowns. I guess that's the plan, but neither of them, I'd be shocked if both of them are on the roster. Um, if they did keep one, I think it would be Riley Ridley, but I don't even think he's going to make the roster because now, you know, Daz Newsom's getting more involved in practice. Now that he's out there, he's getting more reps and a guy like John V. Johnson might have more value on special teams. Um, a guy like Rodney Adams as well that, that you mentioned. So there's a lot of guys kind of fighting for those spots, but as it stands now, you're looking at Allen Robinson, you're looking at Darnell Mooney, Marquise Goodwin, Demir Bird. I think those four will be on the roster. Um, I, I think they'll keep Daz Newsom. That's five. So you kind of got, you know, one to two at max if they keep those seven wide receivers. I think they're going to keep six. Um, you know, you got kind of pretty much one spot left. Who's going to go out and grab it? And there's a guy, there's a couple of guys who, you know, that we've mentioned have made a case for staying on this roster when it, when it comes time for the 53. Yeah, it's going to be, it, it's for the first time in quite a while. I feel like the bears have, and again, they're not going to be a top flight receiving core, but I think they have better depth than they have in a while, you know, gone are the days of having to throw out Javon Wims as one of your starting receivers when you have an injury or two, I think, you know, and the other thing too, is I think they have a lot more speed. And I think now it's just going to be kind of one of those situations where you're going to have to really figure out, who are your, you know, who are your best six guys? Who are the ones that make the most sense to keep? I do think that that last spot or two are going to come down to uh, special teams. And I think that's where, you know, Javon Wims may have some sort of advantage. But again, when you look at a special team snap, I mean, you know, uh, Chris Lacey played, I think he actually led all receivers with, I think it was six or seven special team snaps. Rodney Adams had a few and then John Vea Johnson as well. And he's another guy that can also be a returner, although didn't really look that great, but you know, we'll see, but it's just, it's going to be very interesting because it feels like the theme over the last few years for the bears offensively has been add more speed. Um, and, you know, you kind of have that in some of these guys that they've added. So it's going to be interesting. I, I do think as a whole, now that I'm kind of seeing things shape out and again, you can't overreact too much to preseason, but now as I'm kind of seeing things shake out for the most part, obviously, you know, offensive line withstanding and, you know, and we'll kind of have to see what happens with corner. But I think for the most part, I think you can actually make a pretty quality argument that they are probably as deep, if not deeper at most uh, spots on the depth chart moving into these final preseason games. than they were last year again, I mean, two pretty, pretty important spots with the offensive line, mainly offensive tackle and then corner. And I'm not saying that there'll be a better team this year. Cause I'm still, I don't think they're going to be, but I do think that as a whole with roster building and some of this, I, I think that's also going to kind of play a role too, because I mean, again, you have to remember 
you know, they, a lot of these guys, especially at receiver, not under contract moving into 2022. And obviously that can change with extensions, but as of right now, I mean, they don't have a lot of guys under control for 2022 and beyond. So it may behoove them to go with some of these younger guys and figure out what they've got into this year. Yeah. And, you know, I think you're right. I mean, you got to hit on these younger guys, these draft picks, especially, but if you can find some value on guys that are younger, that, you know, do surprise you and make the team that you weren't expecting to, that's also a bonus as well. And, you know, trying to go back to the Cleo Herbert point. I mean, I think he's taken full advantage of that opportunity he's been given um, with Tariq Cohen out there. And I think he's secured a spot on this roster. He's been really impressive out there, Um, not only as a running back, but serving on returns, um, primarily as a kick returner. I'd love to see what he could do in the regular season, try to fill that gap with uh, Cordero Patterson being gone. But yeah, I think Herbert's going to have a big role. And and you're going to look in the season, you're going to have David Montgomery as a lead back. You're going to have uh, Cordell, or not Cordell Pass, I'm sorry. You have Damian Williams as the second running back um, right now. And then you're going to have Khalil Herbert as the third because it doesn't look like Tariq Cohen's going to be ready to go right away um, week one. So, yeah, I'm excited for that rookie. I'm excited to see if, if Daz Newsom can get going a little bit. Um, you know, Kyrus Tonga's looked pretty solid out there as well. I think this rookie class could be good outside of the two linemen that just appear to be injured, and we really haven't seen much of them at all in Tevin Jenkins or Larry Borum. Um, but outside of that, I mean, everything, this draft class is all Justin Fields anyway. So if you hit on that, you're fine. But uh, did you have any, uh, anything else you want to add Aaron or? No, I mean, I, I, I think, uh, you know, I think this, this, this next game, you know, gets the bills is going to be interesting for a multi, you know, um, multiple levels. Really, I mean, you got to think about it. I, I mean, obviously, outside of the obvious, you know, Justin Fields getting to play more. Um, obviously, you know, you got Fields and versus Trubisky, and then you know, you're kind of going to figure out a little bit more. Hopefully, at some point soon, they'll get Larry Borum because at least with Larry Borum, I mean, all it is, I shouldn't say all it is, but it's it's a concussion. I mean, at some point, mm-hmm. you you would like to think over the next you know few days to a week that he'd come back. So you'd like to kind of get a look at him. Obviously they signed Jason Peters. That's probably, I mean, in all reality, that's probably going to be your starting left tackle. Let's be honest right now. I think, you know, the big question is going to be Tevin Jenkins, but I think there's, I think moving into this game, it's going to be interesting because I think we're going to see within reason, obviously again, situation like Matt Nagy pointed out, we are going to see more starters for a little bit more time. And then we're going to kind of see how things shake up. Cause like you said, I mean, you know, there, there's some there's some starting battles to be won right now. And, you know, there's also some roster spots to be won. And this thing kind of feels wide open moving into the second game. But again, they've only got three games left. I mean, it, it's, training camp is almost over. It's getting close to being over the preseason. I mean, we got two more games left, you know, and basically another week and a half of the preseason. And then all of a sudden from there, it's going to be shaping up the roster and getting ready for week one. So, things are going to fly by a little bit. It's, it's definitely a little bit of a different feeling knowing that we don't have that added fourth preseason game in there and that we're already, you know, we're already heading towards the end of August right now. So it's, it's getting towards that point where, you know, things are going to really start shaping up over the next week or two. And it's going to be very interesting to see how it all pans out. Um, You know, again, it's, it's just, it's, it's going to be a very interesting process to see where they're at right now in terms of the injuries and health, uh, you know, how conservative they're being with some of these guys versus how healthy and what they're going to look like moving into week one. And obviously we have to hope that they're as healthy as possible and that they get at least some things figured out. It sounds like at least, at least from what I remember hearing from Nagy today, he, he pointed out, I think it was Jermaine Effetti, uh, 
was it Roquan Smith? And there was one other player that he basically said, our focus is on week one, which tells me, you know, in regards to guys like, you know, Jermaine Effetti, especially their focus is trying to get him ready for week one. He didn't, I don't think he mentioned anything about Tariq Cohen. He definitely didn't mention anything about Tevin Jenkins. So I think that kind of gives you an idea where some of these guys are at, you know, who, who should we be expecting back versus who we probably shouldn't be expecting, you know, or counting on week one. And I think that's kind of where things are at. And that's the second time he's mentioned something about Jermaine Fetty um, being ready for week one. So it sounds like he's going to be your week one starting right tackle. You know, the biggest question I'd imagine it's going to be Jason Peters week one at your left tackle. I don't think they feel comfortable with Elijah Wilkinson out there starting and Tevin Jenkins doesn't look like he's ready to go anytime soon. I mean, this is getting to the point and I don't want to freak anyone out, but this is really getting to the point where I'm starting to think, okay, maybe missing the full regular season is a complete realistic option for him as well. I don't think I'm fully there, but like that thought is kind of now crept into my mind a little bit and it would just be an absolute disaster because as you and I were talking, man, back injuries are no joke. I mean, I, I my back's sore right now and I can't imagine what he's going through, but the back injuries, they're not easy to heal. Um, they're not a thing that it's just magically healed and it's going to go away forever. That's always going to be there. And now you kind of have to question, you know, how much did my Ryan pace and Matt Nagy know about the injuries? You know, was there a setback? He wasn't placed on pup um, to start camp. So there had to have been some sort of setback, but yeah, this is just, this is just one of those storylines where it's like, Oh geez, here we go again with, you know, a rookie pick that we're ready. You know, we're expecting to come in and start right away and we have to deal with this, you know, it's been 15 days of practice and he hasn't practiced yet. So not good at all. No, no, it's not. I mean, it, it is, it's kind of one of those things where I know people like don't hit the panic button yet. Well, I mean, at what point do you really start having concerns? And again, I, I don't even know if it's at the point of, you know, having concerns whether or not, you know, like of his long-term career, but I do think that at least the, you know, a larger portion of the season has to be called in the question. You don't go out and sign Jason Peters. And I know that they've said it has nothing to do with Jenkins, but I'm sorry it does because you don't go out and sign a guy like Jason Peters. If you're expecting, you know, Jenkins back at some point within the next week or two, or, you know, be ready pretty close to week one, you just don't do it. So it's going to be interesting because then you're kind of talking about a little bit more of a roster crunch in terms of what they're going to have to do and, you know, what do you do with, what do you do with Tevin Jenkins? I guess the only nice thing is in that situation is as long as you carry him on the original, and it goes for anybody, the same thing with like Tariq Cohen, as long as you carry him on the original 53-man roster, then basically as soon as you submit that final roster, then the next day you can put them on IR. They can only be, you know, they, they can be out for a minimum of three weeks versus if you put them on, if you start them, Basically, if you put them on an IR before you submit your 53-man roster, they're lost for the year. And if you do that with the pup, I think it's – I want to say it's six weeks. So it's going to be very interesting to see, especially with a guy like Tree Cohen and, and speaking with the pup, you know, it's kind of one of those things where – these next few weeks are going to be very interesting because if they keep him on the pup moving into the season, we're not going to see him for, you know, a, a, a decent amount of the beginning of the season. And then the, kind of the same thing with Jenkins, if they put him on IR before they put that 53 man roster, his entire rookie season's lost. Now I don't think that's what's going to happen because why would they, I mean, you might as well just keep him and then figure it out from there and you can kind of do some shuffling. I mean, there's going to be some guys on the back end of the roster where you're probably not overly worried about, having to stash them on the practice squad for a day. And so you can make a, you know, a few more roster moves and do what you need to do procedural stuff. But yeah, it's going to be, 
it's going to be interesting, but I will say, yeah, I, I think at this point in time, I think anybody who's concerned about Tevin Jenkins absolutely has the right to be because, you know, there's been absolutely no update on him. And on top of it, again, they went out and signed Jason Peters. You don't do that if you're expecting Tevin Jenkins back anytime soon. Yeah, exactly. And the whole thing, man, you can say it has nothing to do with them. It 100% has to do with Tevin Jenkins. And, you know, it may not mean that, you know, Tevin Jenkins will be out the entire year, but it, it he's not going to play week one at this point. So you need to get some insurance in there. And they tried Larry Borum. He got hurt. Um, so, yeah, we'll just see what the offensive line rotation looks like. Peters did not practice on Tuesday. Um, I, I believe he should be out there by the end of the week. We get Wednesday and Thursday. So I'll keep an eye on out, out there for him um, and see where he lines up. I imagine I'll be getting some reps with the ones right away. Aaron, where can everyone uh, follow your work at and uh, follow you on Twitter? Yep. You can find me at Aaron Lemming NFL and you can read my work at the bearreport.com. And you can follow the Bear Report on Twitter. It's just Bear Report. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Zach, Z-A-C-K underscore Pearson. Make sure to check back with the website, Daily Notebooks with practice reports and everything like that from training camp. Um, yeah, check out our Picks for Pace podcast or also our YouTube channel. Andrew Freeman's going to be doing some film work on there live um, pretty much every Tuesday night or every couple Tuesday nights. And please rate, review, and subscribe on all major podcasting platforms. Until next week, everyone, please stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.